Before we begin this episode, we want to thank this month's sponsor, Reload Love. Reload Love is a nonprofit helping children who are caught in the crossfires of terrorism. We're super thankful to be a part of this cause and that we get to share it with all of you. Visit ReloadLove.com for more information. You may not always see it, but there is a lot of sweet in every mess and in all of the mundane. Exodus 3.8 is a promise to deliver us from the brokenness of life into one filled with hope. We are here to remind you of God's faithfulness and how His love can lead you into a land flowing with milk and honey. Join us, Lindsay and Amaris, as we get raw and share practical wisdom for all things marriage, motherhood, faith, and womanhood. So grab a cup of coffee and get cozy. This is the Milk and Honey Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Milk and Honey Podcast. This is Lindsay, and today I am here with Amaris. What up? And we are going to talk all about complaining. Yeah. So I feel like this is a topic that everyone kind of wrestles with a little bit. Um, there are some who wrestle more than others, but depending on your situation, you may complain about motherhood. You may complain about your marriage. You may complain about work. You may complain about your circumstances, whatever it might be. We are hopeful that today's episode will push you a little bit further away from the desire to complain and push you closer toward the desire to be thankful. Yeah. So I want to start with a little story. My son Sutton and I and Jesse all went to an amusement park and it was his first time ever going to this amusement park. We went with all of the people that he loved. We got cotton candy and churros and ice cream and probably made him sick with all of the junk food. And we just wanted him to have like the perfect day. If you're a parent, you know what it feels like to see your kids just filled with that joy Mm -hmm. and experiencing that just amazing experience that you had as a kid. It's just so fun. Mm-hmm. But as we were leaving, we he was bummed. He was like so devastated. And he has a hard time leaving places anyways. Just transitioning. I'm always having to warn him and set timers and do countdowns just to prepare his heart for leaving because he's yeah. so social and active. Yeah. Um, so as we were leaving, I just said, did you have so much fun? And his head was to the ground. He was pouting. And he said, no, I didn't. And I immediately was frustrated. And Jesse and I were like, what do you mean you didn't have fun? He's like, well, I don't want to leave. And I realized like he had all of these things. And at the end of the day, he wasn't thankful because one thing didn't go his way. And I feel like as human beings, we do that. We do that with God. Our lives are full of gift after gift after gift. And Mm -hmm. when God asks, are you content? Don't you love what I've given you? Don't you see all that I've blessed you with? And we say, no, we want more. We want this. We want that. Our desires are greater. And thanks for this, God, but I actually want that. We sit in that discontentment and what he gives never seems to really be enough. Yeah, it's good. It's a very honest because it's very real to parenthood. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like my kids do the same thing and it frustrates us a lot as well because it's just their human nature flaring up. As soon as the one little thing doesn't go the way that they want, they start to complain. Yeah. And it is frustrating. Yeah. And then we complain about their complaining. (laughs) 
That's true. <laughs> the Even. irony of us like, ah, we're annoyed and dissatisfied with their dissatisfaction and we complain back yeah. <laughs> or grumble in our heart. Yeah. Once we realize the root issue of all of this, of, of the complaining and that it's stems from discontentment and unthankfulness, I think it's easier for us to shift our perspective and our thoughts to focus on the pure and the excellent and the lovely things like Philippians 4, 6 through 9 calls us to. But I see it as I parent my kids. I see what God (laughs) deals with with me on a regular basis as I parent Sutton and Saxon and just constantly reminding them. Mm be thankful for this. And one thing that I do with Sutton is I tell him, say, thank you guys for taking me here. Thank you for the food. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. It's kind of become habit for him to where he'll just say, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. And Jesse's like, isn't that kind of weird to have him thanking us? And I said, no, because it immediately helps him to remember what he has. And he quickly stops complaining because he's, he, all that he got to do that day and then realizes, okay, what I'm saying is, I mean, kind of selfish and he'll say that. So that's been helpful, but it's also been really, really helpful to me to see how I am with God. And it's helped my prayer life in beginning my prayers with gratitude and thankfulness instead of asking for things. Yeah. I, when we decided that we were going to discuss this, I was like, what are some synonyms to complaining just so I could think of it in another Mm -hmm. way. And so synonyms are grumbling, whining, like (laughs) like, when do I whine? Um, Or it's basically just expressing a dissatisfaction or an annoyance with a person or, you know, a place or something, you know, and giving it further words um, made it more applicable to me on, okay, when am I grumbling or when am I whining about something? And I think that for me, a lot of times it comes, it goes on in my thought life Mm. versus what I'm really saying. Cause like I'll talk, but when it comes to like frustrations, I'm, I shift inward. So when I'm discouraged, I shift inward and I process that way versus, you know, right. Like going to people. But for me, I think the root for me and for like when I see other people doing it as well is I think it comes a lot down to a distrust that God wants the best for us. You know, like even if my kids are complaining about something like I, they're having to leave or, you know, and today Andrew said, he'll say things like, this is just not a good day when we don't go somewhere or, you know, something like that versus appreciating and being thankful about the other things that we've done. But I think honestly, it comes down to him thinking that I'm withholding something good from him. Right. So, and I think that that's how it it is for me and for a lot of people as well, is that when I'm complaining about the situation towards God or the, you know, the situation I'm experiencing or my marriage or people or whatever it may be, I think that in our minds, we often are thinking that God is withholding something good for, from us and not Mm -hmm. trusting that he only really wants the absolute best for us. So it's that distrust in his character. And I think that we see that even going, you know, into the book of Exodus when they didn't get the promised land because of complaining, 
they didn't trust that God had something good for them. So they wanted to go back to what they thought was good, or they wanted to go back to their normal versus going into the unknown and trusting who God was. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's a really good example. I think that is, that's one thing is withholding. And I see that in myself as well. And I would say that I tend to complain inwardly the most as well and have these conversations within my own head of how things should be and really thinking that I know better. And that mindset immediately distances me from God because like you said, it's not trusting in his omnipotence. It's not trusting in the fact that he wants good and desires good for all those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And I think a few other reasons that we complain is that we have a victim mentality that we are always feeling. I'm sure you guys have met that person who is always the victim of their circumstances that of course my day went this way, or of course the situation happened or, and they're always seeing themselves in the perspective of people are out to attack them. The world is out to attack them. And so then thus they complain. And also um, desiring attention and praise. I think sometimes we'll complain because we want to be seen a lot of the time, actually. And that can stem from not knowing that we are seen and loved and worthy and valued by Christ and wanting others to see that in us. So we complain about this is something that I am totally guilty of and really, really have been working on is complaining about all that I did and and talking about all that I've gotten done that day and really just wanting some affirmation of what I did. But Mm -hmm. it it comes out instead of just saying, hey, did you see this? It's grumbling and really whining like a baby and throwing a fit because I didn't get a thank you or I didn't get affirmation for what I did. And and when we want that praise, instead of having just a a normal conversation to where we're discussing those things or we're seeking our rewards in heaven, which should be our ultimate goal and purpose, we're seeking affirmation on earth and it doesn't get us anywhere. Um, Thirdly, discontentment is another one where we're just discontent in the life that we are in. We don't find beauty in the struggle. We don't find beauty in the trials like we're called to. We just sit Mm -hmm. in pity party land and feel sorry for ourselves. And then lastly, sometimes we complain because we genuinely long for genuine change. And we have this desperate desire to see change either in our own lives or in someone else's life or in the circumstances around us. And we voice that because we're so desperate to see something different within our lives. But we'll get to that in a little while. Yeah. I think another reason personally that I could be complaining about is over jealousy. Mm. You know, if envy or jealousy is popping its green little head up, I can grumble or complain against that person or, you know, why do they have this or, and why don't I have this versus, you know, being thankful that, that I have what I have and they have what they have. Right. Um, and the thing that's been like the most challenging for me really that the thing that I've been working on is being thankful in suffering. I was really challenged by that. I was listening to a podcast a while ago about just relationships that are challenging. And one of the things that the guy said was to count it all joy when you experience them because they are pruning you. God is using that 
those people to sanctify your character, to sanctify you, to make you look more like Christ. And that was very challenging to me because I had noticed that I, instead of counting it joy, like the Bible Mm -hmm. commands us to do and rejoicing in all circumstances, I was grumbling against those people and complaining or just allowing bitterness to rise up or resentment to rise up in my heart towards them. And so I started to change my dialogue and I started to say, thank you, Lord, for this. And I count this joy that you are using this person or you're using this situation to prune me and sanctify me. And and so I started changing my dialogue with God and I literally started to see a change in my heart towards all situations. Even my prayer life has become so much more fruitful because I'm being thankful and I'm counting those things as joy versus coming to God in complaint. I'm coming to God with praise and God is able to respond to my praise versus my complaints. Yeah, you know, that's really good. And that's like Romans 12, bless those who curse you, bless them and do not curse them. It's the same mm. for bless that which curses you. Because I think when we pray, just like you were saying, when we pray for specific people who are harming us and are making us angry or bitter or resentful, and we pray for good things for them, it does, it shifts our heart. And if we're the same with the way that our life is going, our circumstances, thank you, Lord, for this, because I see the growth that you are having in my heart. I see this goodness that you're bringing, the beauty from the ashes, and I'm thankful that your day, I mean, the trajectory of any day, when you wake up with a grateful heart, it just shifts everything. And if we're to live that way and just seeing all that God has bestowed upon us, it changes the way that we view people. It changes the way that we view life. It changes everything. When I was going through my season of depression, when I had that really like long period of depression, Um, I just had to start being very, very intentional and proactive in order to fight against indifference, the depression that I was experiencing and to fight because it was making me complain. Everything that was coming out of my mouth was a negative thing because I had nothing good to say in that season or I couldn't identify good things at that time. Mm -hmm. As I was studying and learning and trying to figure out how to overcome the depression I was experiencing, I realized that a thankful journal was one of the most impactful ways that I could combat depression. And Mm -hmm. so every morning I woke up and I started doing a thankful journal and I literally like thankfulness produces endorphins. Mm -hmm. So when we are bogged down, when we are feeling manipulated by our own internal emotions, when we feeling overwhelmed and, and depressed and sad because our circumstances, they're not what we want them to be. When we start to meditate and contemplate on the things that we're thankful for, it literally produces endorphins and we feel happy. And I started to see that pattern shift. So even while I was depressed, I would go and I would just start writing things that I was thankful for. Anything. I'm thankful for this warm cup of coffee. I'm thankful Mm -hmm. for the sun being up right now. I'm like anything I could possibly get my mind on because I knew that I had to be intentional to no longer meditate on the things and grumble against the season that God had placed me in versus being thankful for the things that he has given me. Yeah. 
Hey friends, we are all about being on mission and Reload Love is doing just that. Over 21 million children worldwide have been left homeless over the last decade due to terrorist attacks. Reload Love helps these little ones by providing trauma relief, medical supplies, academic programs, and safe spaces like playgrounds for children victimized by terrorism. They raise awareness by collecting used bullet casings, melting them down, and upcycling them into beautiful brass pieces, symbolizing God's redeeming love for oppressed and orphaned children. If you have a heart for children, or you're looking for somewhere to give, or you're just looking for some beautiful new jewelry, you can join the Love Mint with Reload Love by investing in their jewelry. The profit from all jewelry sales goes toward arming children with hope. Use code MHPOD for 20% off all jewelry at ReloadLove.com. That's M-H-P-O-D at ReloadLove.com. Check out the links on our show notes below for more information. Yeah, I love that. That actually gives me an idea, and I want to challenge all of our listeners to do what Amaris is saying, to have a thankful journal, but also in that journal, write down your list of complaints. So a few examples, um, the dishes didn't get done today when I asked for them to get done, or my kids screamed all day and embarrassed me at the grocery store, and so on. Whatever you have that is pestering you or on your mind that you want to complain about. And next to each of those items, write a thank you. So the dishes didn't get done today. Thank you, Lord, that we had food to eat. The kids were screaming. Thank you, Lord, that they have voices and that they're healthy enough to express themselves. Those types of things, I think, again, it helps to shift our perspective. And so much of this is really repentance. It's asking God to forgive us for our ingratitude and shifting that, turning from our sin and Mm -hmm. choosing to live in a new pattern and a new way of life. Right. That's right. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then once you do that, paraphrased, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So that's saying that once you choose not to conform to the pattern of this world and instead choose to follow along with God's word and are transformed by his word, which then renews your mind, your heart, your spirit, at that point, you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is for your life. It's really a powerful verse because it's saying This is the way to know what God's will is for your life, is to shift your perspective, allow your mind to be renewed by God's word, allow the Holy Spirit into your heart, and then you will see what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is for your life. So all of this conversation reminds me of Numbers 11, uh, where the actual title above that chapter says, The People Complain. Numbers 11.1 says, And the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. So they're complaining. It's a long story. Read in Numbers 9 through 11. But basically the Israelites are camping out and they're listening to the Lord. And once he puts a cloud over them, they then camp out. And once he takes it away, then they move. But basically at this point, these the people are camping out and they're frustrated because some of the things are not going the way that they had hoped. In Numbers 11.4, it says, Now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving, and the people of Israel also wept again and said, Oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up, and there's nothing at all but this manna to look at. 
And manna is actually throughout scripture considered a good food to eat. And so, but what they're saying is we had all of these things in the past. We had the garlic and the onions and, but now we're starving and we only have this one thing and they're ungrateful and they're complaining. But the thing is, you guys, is if you look at this story and you look at Exodus, what they're forgetting about the time that they had all of that food is that they were slaves. And that is what ingratitude does to us. It makes us forget. Mm-hmm. It literally causes us to be a little bit delusional with the things that we had. And this comes in the form of missing our past lives before we were Christians. We only remember the good things and we somehow forget the bad because we're we're putting those things mm-hmm. off and we're just focusing on, oh, that was great. But it makes us literally just forgetful and we're unthankful because of that. So what we have to ask ourselves is, in my complaining, in the things that I'm ungrateful for or if I'm looking to the past, am I moving toward Christ or am I moving back toward Egypt into slavery? Because complaining is bondage. In your ingratitude, are you moving backwards? Are you living in that bondage that Satan wants to have you in where you're not seeing the beautiful things that come from God? Because James 1.17 says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He is good all the time. He desires good for us all the time. But in the things that we don't love, he is changing us, sanctifying us, molding us into women who look exactly like Christ. And that is the ultimate goal. Yeah. It's in those moments where we are complaining, where we are grumbling, that we are actually placing ourselves up in opposition towards the blessings that God wants Mm -hmm. to give us. We are prohibiting ourselves from receiving the good things that God has for us, the better things, the best things. When God was bringing the Israelites out of Egypt, he was trying to get them to the promised land. The only reason why they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years was because of their grumbling, was because of their dissatisfaction and unbelief in God's character and in what God had told them. Their lack of faith was what prevented them from receiving the promise. And that is so often the case with us. Like God has a promise for us. He has a promise for your future. He has a purpose for your life, for everything that you have experienced. God has a plan and a purpose for those things. But so often we are our worst enemy and we limit ourselves and we prevent ourselves from moving into the promises that God has for us because we are unthankful for the very things that he's given us. God is not going to give us more when we are not faithful and thankful with where he has placed us now. Why would he trust us with more if we're not thankful and faithful with the things that he's given us now? Yeah, that reminds me of Luke 11, 10 through 13. It says, For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, because we're sinners, broken evil, know how to give good gifts to your children— 
how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This is in reference to salvation and asking Christ to come into your life, repenting of your sins, and asking Him to take over your life and to be the Savior over everything. But also the gifts, the gifts that God gives. He's saying, if your kid asked you for a fish, would you give him a snake? Absolutely not. Would you give him a scorpion? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. How much more does God want good things for us? We need to be, instead of complaining, and this is ultimately what it comes down to, you guys, is that we need to be in prayer. We need to take these horizontal circumstances in our lives and lift them up vertically to God and plead with Him. Because just like silence is damaging in our marriages if we don't communicate our needs, our desires— It's also damaging with God because it makes us separate ourselves from him because we feel like he's withholding from us. Mm -hmm. But if we take these horizontal circumstances and lift them up and say, Lord, this is what I desire. This is what I feel like I need, but I want your will for my life. Whatever your will is, if this relationship is not in your will, then shut it down. If this job is not in your will, then close that door and I trust you. Just like Amaris was saying earlier, it is a trust and a knowledge that God wants the best for you and believing that to be true because God desires good for those who love him, but that does not always mean the good that you think it's going to be. He sometimes will say no to your prayers. Sometimes he'll say yes, and sometimes he's just going to say wait. Mm -hmm. But Philippians 2, 14 through 17 says, Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. So in this text, we see a few things. It begins with saying, do everything without complaining and arguing. This is not like an optional thing, Christians. This is a command. Mm -hmm. And what we see in that though are a few things. So number one is that when we stop complaining, you guys, it prevents criticism of us as individuals and also as Christians. So if you're always complaining in the workplace, people are going to have an opinion of you. If you're always complaining in your family, people are going to have an opinion of you. And that opinion of you, you always want to be above reproach, to live above reproach as a Christian and to be a light to the world. And if they're just seeing that you're ungrateful and you're whining and you're complaining all of the time, how are you reflecting the love and the joy and the hope that comes in Jesus? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And even in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. So when you we want to know the will of God, okay, then be thankful. It's very mm-hmm. simple. Just to operate in that thankfulness, operate no matter the circumstance that you have been placed in. Because a lot of times the reason why we are dissatisfied, the reason why we are complaining is because we think that God owes us something. Mm. You know, we think that we are deserving of something better than what we have right now. But what we are deserving of ultimately is hell. 
That's really what we're deserving of. And Jesus came and paid the ultimate price and he took what we are deserving of and he gave us himself so that now we are brothers and sisters. We are co-heirs with Christ. That's, and we have received something that we do not deserve. But when we complain, we are acting like God owes us something more than what he's already given us. And that is ridiculous. And I'm not trying to point the finger because this is my own personal struggle as well. But it is Mm -hmm. convicting when we consider how much we have forgotten. It's like that amnesia when we have forgotten what we really do deserve and how much Jesus really has done for us. So when we don't have what we want, we're still called to be thankful. We're still called to trust God's character. And if he gave us his son, why would he withhold anything else from us? And that needs to be a truth that we actually believe and not just talk about, but we actually believe and walk out with our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it does, it helps us by not complaining and by being thankful. Like you guys know, I'm sure everyone has met that one person who never complains. I used to have this girl who worked for me and I I had 15 college students under me and I loved them immensely, but man, they could complain and they (laughs) could wear me out. But there was one girl, she never said a word. She worked for me for a long time. She was a believer. She worked incredibly hard. She always got her work done. She was always on time. She never, ever complained about anything that I asked her to do. And I mean, it was kind of like a lot of the time the students would joke with me like, oh, Lindsay, are you serious? Are you sure you want me to do that? You know, but there's always a hint of truth in every joke is what my husband tells me. And I believe that to be true. And I just looked at her. I admired her because I could not say I showed up on time every single day. I didn't complain about my job. And I was just blown away by her example. And I knew Mm -hmm. you're a believer. And we ended up having a conversation and she was a believer. And I just said, you are always living above reproach in your work, in your personal relationships, everything that you do. You're such an example to me. And she was shining a light. And just going back to that verse in Philippians, live pure, innocent lives, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. You guys, we stand out when we live this way. We are, people see things in us that are different. You wonder like, what is that about you that you never say anything negative? And don't you want to be known for that? I want to be known for that desperately, that I'm just always full of joy that even despite hard circumstances that I have the joy of Christ that I'm not unwilling to talk about the hard things. Obviously you guys know I'm not unwilling to talk about hard things, but that I just still have a joyful demeanor, a joyful heart, and that I can live knowing that Christ's plan is greater and that heaven is waiting and that that is sufficient for me. And so those are some things that we can see from that verse that if we're holding firmly to his word, if we're living in his truth, if we're allowing ourselves to focus again back to Philippians 4, I literally live by this verse, but to focus on the pure and the excellent and the lovely and the peace of God will then be with you. That's the answer. It is. It's like, that is the final ultimate answer. Set your mind on things above and not on things of earth. 
know that God desires good, but that his will does not always match yours. And that if you hold firmly to him and trust him, that you will know that you're not running this race, whether it's really, really challenging or really easy, that you're not running it in vain. Mm -hmm. Amen. And ultimately start trusting and believing God's character, that what he says for you is the best and that he is not withholding any good thing from you. Mm-hmm. So in closing, uh, I want to share with you guys, First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. We have to remember that God is a God of mercy, that he's a God of understanding, that he sympathizes with us in our weaknesses. Right. And he doesn't just look down upon us and say, mm, too bad. He knows he lived on this earth. He knows what pain and trial and suffering feels and looks like. And in that verse, Peter's referring to anxiety, but the same principle applies to complaints because like anxiety, the erosion of complaining and of just frustration is so great that it weighs immensely heavily on our hearts. We have to leave these complaints at the foot of the cross. We're not saying just pretend they don't exist. We're not saying pretend that this isn't a thing and that these frustrations aren't real because that, again, creates silence between you and God. We are saying pray. Lift those complaints up to the Lord. Ask Him to just take that burden off of your shoulder. He promises to lighten your burden. And so live in that. Believe that to be true and allow Him to be your soundboard, basically. Just share with him before you go off complaining to your husband about things not getting done, before you complain to your kids or towards your kids or about your job or about this friendship, give it to him. And you'll yeah. see that that it shifts your heart and allows you to be more of a light to the world, to be different, and to set an example of what a believer's life should look like. So yeah. we love you guys. We're so thankful for you. We pray that we will live this out as well. Like we said, we are definitely not perfect in this at all. And so we're coming alongside you in accountability and in prayer to live this out and to be a reflection of God's love and of God's character. Yeah. And as you're applying this, just be reminded about the price that Jesus had to pay for you. Mm. Remind yourself of the things that he's done for you. Remind yourself. Don't let yourself forget where he's brought you from. Remind yourself of your story. Remind yourself of what he has saved you from. Because out of that remembrance, you know, when Jesus tells us to do communion and do these things in remembrance of him, we need to do that. We need to remind ourselves because it stirs our affections and it keeps our tongue from complaining and it keeps us with a thankful heart, with a thankful mind. So remind yourself. Yes. All right. Well, we love you guys so much, and we hope you have a great, thankful day. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, you might also enjoy episode 20, What Do Your Words Say About You? And episode 6, What to Say When You Don't Know How to Pray. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of the Milk and Honey Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a second to visit our page on iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. It would mean so much to us. Your review helps the show to be found by other women like you, and it also helps us to continuously grow and become better as a podcast. For a daily pick-me-up, 
follow me, Lindsay, on Instagram at Sparrows and Lily and Amorous at Amorous Beecher. Tune in next week for more laughter, fun, hope, and encouragement. Bye, guys. Bye.